Welcome to Courageous Conversations with your host, Richard Dolan, a world-renowned speaker, mentor, and coach to many celebrity icons and global thought leaders. Listen as they share their stories and insights about what it takes to lead a courageous life, from overcoming adversity to living with purpose and meaning. Each guest brings a unique perspective that will leave you feeling empowered and motivated to make positive changes in your own life starting today. What's up, everybody? It is a Friday afternoon. Well, we are joined by so many good-looking people. And of course, I'm only talking about Helen and Christine and Samantha. And of course, Yusuf. You can't say good-looking without including Yusuf. What's up, man? Christine, how are you today? I'm well, thank you. Richard, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. You're keeping healthy and well? Yes, thank you. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Okay. I'm really delighted to have each and every one of you here because this week is all about you talking about how you survived yet another week with this crisis at hand, with all that's going on. So let's just start off by saying that uh, it's been an incredible week. And uh, for those who haven't heard, it is very, very important for me to first and foremost say hello to all of you on behalf of Grant Cardone. I mean, at the end of the day, this is all about having great conversations and more importantly, courageous conversations with each and every one of you at the end of the week. So whether you're drinking some good java, whether you're getting a glass of tea, a cup of tea, or a cup of something great, uh, here's to everybody. Here's to another great week. Hope you had a wonderful one. We're going to get started. Cheers to surviving Corona or COVID or whatever it's called. Cheers. Now, with all that being said, I'm delighted to have already online at the very front end of this conversation, a very dear friend of mine, Mr. Robert Height is in the house. Now, before he says anything, I got to say a few things. I've met a lot of professional athletes in my time. And in fact, for those who don't know, I've been a performance advisor to a number of athletes across the NBA, MLB, NHL, and the F1. But rare is it I ever find someone who's actually been both an athlete and then made the crossover to being a professional. And uh, for Robert, that's that's who he is. Uh, former player with the Miami Heat. Uh, Robert not only is an athlete, you're probably in better shape now than you've ever been, by the way, brother. But I mean, this dude is also uh, a current player in the Big Three League, which is uh, a league that's currently televised. Uh, so by Ice Cube, known probably for being not just a rapper, not just an actor, but an incredible sports enthusiast, and many other things that I don't want to share too much because I want to get to those things. But first and foremost, Robert Height in the house. Let's give him a real warm welcome. Big warm welcome. Absolutely. What's going on, my man? Good, man. How you doing? How you keeping this week? Actually, I've uh, been kind of busy, man. Um, some real estate stuff and I have some connections with some hospitals that need medical supplies. So I've been trying to help them get you know, things that they need to to help fight this this coronavirus, this COVID-19, and uh, just trying to stay as busy and as active as possible. Well, now, for those who don't know that you you still are a, a Miami resident, you're, you're entrenched in the community. I mean, you're really dialed into the social life, the club life, the developer life. And before we get into the real estate and the business that you've got, um, but t- tell me what the current environment is like in Miami, for those who don't know. We've only got a handful of people who are on this call from Miami um, right. across the States, we've got people here from Canada, across Europe, um, and in across the, uh, Caribbean. What's the current mood right now in, in Miami from your perspective? Um, I mean, it, it, things have slowed down, of course, but it doesn't feel like, uh, that we're on a shutdown, like, like some of the rest of the world. I mean, I'm still, you know, I still go outside, I work out every day. 
um, with a, a couple of friends of mine. And, you know, we definitely practice social distance, but you see a lot of people outside moving around. The weather's nice down here, so it's hard. It's hard to stay in the house. Um, but it, it's, I don't think it's as bad as, as uh, some other places around around the world. Yeah. Well, listen, man, my prayers go to you, your family. Stay safe, keep healthy, and keep doing what you do. So let us, let's tell this world right now, because we only have a short period of time. Everyone's got to get to their weekends, their family, their loved ones. I mean, I even promise that a particular individual, I won't get to her quite yet, but she knows who she is to let her know why uh, you two need to hook up. So more on that in a minute. But uh, all kidding aside, uh, you 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 were a professional athlete. Uh, tell us what it was like to be in the NBA for the time that you were and uh, what it meant for you to even play at that level of game, given who you were. I mean, it meant a lot for me coming from, you know, I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. You know, we from my high school, from my area, we didn't have a lot of pro guys. We didn't have a lot of guys that, that made it to that level. And that was, you know, from a young age, it was always a dream of mine. And uh, to make it, and especially my first year I played with the Miami Heat, with Shaq, with D-Wade, with Gary Payton, you know, Antoine Walker, James Posey, all these guys, Jason Williams, like Pat Riley was the coach. And uh, never, never, I never heard of any of these people. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know where these guys. <laughs> legends, man. Those are legends. 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 And, and I was looking at a picture the other day on the bench, Alonzo Warning, like six of the guys that I'm sitting next to are definitely Hall of Famers, um, or if they're not in already. So just to be in the presence of those guys in my rookie year, you know, here, this is like home. I was already, I went to school here too. So it was, it was a blessing, man, and a, and a dream come true. Well, and all that being said, I mean, you know, you, you definitely are, are someone who, who trains very hard. You, you got to where you got to go. Uh, you played your games, you, you paid your dues. Um, and then it's like, you know, something changes, you know, something happens. Right. If, when right. you begin to know that, that life in the pro league was about to come to an end, what were the conversations like for you? What was the what was the discussions in your mind about you know redefining yourself and, and discovering a new path and, and reinventing yourself? What, what was that moment like transitioning out of pro sports with those celebrities and heading into a whole different domain? For me, it was uh, it was an injury. I, I tore my Achilles in 2012, and uh, it forced me to open. Like, man, this basketball thing could be over. Like, I could never play again if if this injury doesn't heal correctly or things just don't work out. So it forced me to think about life after basketball because prior to that, you know, most athletes were locked in, you know, our sport is playing ABC, uh, you know, all the way to Z. So when that injury came, I, I always was intrigued by real estate. And I actually had took the online course while I was rehabbing and uh, at home, you know, I, I had nothing else to do. So I took the online course here in Florida, but I never came and took the tests because uh, I was in Cincinnati at the time. So I moved back to Miami, took this class, took the test and, you know, started to focus on, you know, building for things. When I finished playing, I had things already working, already going real estate. I started doing network marketing and just different things and, and putting my hand on different things to find out what fit me and what would work for me. And real estate definitely has been amazing for me, um, especially this last year. And, uh, you know, we're just going to keep pushing. Well, before you go too far in that real estate, you know, one of the things I want people to pick up on, because these are just courageous conversations. They're coachable conversations. And, and I, by the way, Robert, so good to see you, man. You know how much I love I got for you and respect I've got for you being here with my friends, man. But but with all kidding aside, I mean, think about that, folks. You know, Robert was sidelined, was laid up, and found inside that dead time the opportunity to, in fact, reinvent himself by doing some on-course, online courses. 
And I think to myself, like right now, this is where the world is right now. People are sequestered to their homes. I mean, they, they, they can't necessarily do much. And as a result, they're wondering, well, what do I do? How do I reinvent myself? And some people get dealt a bad card by losing their job, losing some income, being furloughed, their services being suspended. Well, what advice would you give people if they're noticing that there's, there's a time or a moment or a need to reinvent themselves, even though they don't know how it's going to play out, Robert? I mean, we all have something that we've always wanted to do, um, whether we didn't have the time, we didn't have the money, you know, especially with, with, with the internet now so, and social media. Things are a lot more accessible. It's a lot. It's a lot more. E- it's a lot easier to get training on different things and different avenues and different uh, areas of, of what you want to do. But now is the time to try. I mean, we all have pre- pretty much more more time than we need to do whatever those things are that we couldn't do before because we didn't have time. We had to work. We have kids or whatever the case may be. And you know, now we have to be creative. We have to think outside the box. We have to think about you know, we don't know what the new normal is going to be when, when all this is over. So this is the time to, you know, talk to friends, talk to yourself, talk to your spouse and, and figure out different ways to, you know, get income and, and, and reach down deep into your create creative box and, and figure out, you know, what, what are those things that you always wanted to do and just try it. Like failure is not an option, you know, and, and that's something I live by. I, I don't mind not getting it right the first time, the second time, like, but I'm gonna keep trying until, it works out. Now, do you find that 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 resilience? Because I'm sure that that same resilience is what got you in the NBA. Because that's a whole different level of game. That that, that ain't no average, you know, YMCA scrimmage match kind of culture. I mean, that's a different game, and especially playing with the likes of Shaq and D Wade. For those who are just joining us, welcome. We're joined by Robert Height, former Miami Heat player, uh, dear friend, uh, and and now in the real estate game, and here with all of you on a courageous conversation over cocktails. Or, or, or water or aqua or, or Jamba Juice, whatever it might be. But so welcome, everybody. Um, Robert, you know, with, with that being said, do you find that you always have had to be resilient? Did you always find yourself as you struggle to get yourself then to come to terms with leaving the game and getting into sort of business for yourself? Did you find it a struggle? For me, not really. I'm just, I'm so self-motivated just to be successful in whatever I do. You know, as an athlete, I always, my dream was always to get to the NBA and I was willing to put in the work to get there. So when, when it came time to focus more on life after basketball, it's the same, it's the same mindset, uh, for me. And that's to, just to keep pushing my, one of my favorite quotes that I tell myself every day is on my email and everything, uh, is progress, not perfection. None of us are perfect. You know, every day I just try to get better. So, you know, that's how I approach everything in life, whether it's sports, business, relationships, friendships, whatever it is. Hey man, I mean, for for everybody right now, you know, look up look up Robert Hype right now on Instagram, and if um, if you ever want some inspiration, if you ever want to really find out what next level of of training and being and promoting looks like, follow on Instagram because I got to tell you something. Every time I follow them, uh, number one, I feel like I'm I'm missing an ab or two. Number two, I always feel like I'm just doing about maybe a hundred push-ups too few. But but either way, man, just. Just walking and being a demonstration of a standard, you know, whether it's this 10X thing or whether it's your thing, it's got to be something. And and I mean, now now here's here's where I got to go to. You get into real estate and you're playing the game. And uh, rumor has it that you actually sold a $24 million piece of property to David Beckham. Is this true? This is true. This is true. Um, actually, just closed about a, a week or two ago. 
dude, that's, uh, let's, you know, congratulations. Let's give him some love in that chat room. Let's give him an applause. Let's give him some love. I mean, that brings up two really big, 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 big questions. You know, n- number one is, um, when are we, when are we going to go play scrimmage with David? That's question number one. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, film a thing or two, but all kidding aside, I mean, people on this call are going to want to know, um, wow, I'm inspired by Robert really reinventing himself with the same discipline that got him into the NBA to get ahead in life. But gosh, like, how do you go and meet someone like a David Beckham? Like, it, it doesn't, it, it, obviously you're not related to him because right. you know, he's shorter than you. But I mean, <laughs> you, know, you, you hustled in some different way. Can you share with us what that looks like in your world from your view so our friends can understand how they can be inspired by the things that you do and what it takes to connect with the likes of a David Beckham? So for me, my main focus the last three, uh, four, four or five years has been networking relationships and not just networking, just a network, like really building quality relationships with people. Um, and it, you know, I've been blessed that I played in the NBA. I played overseas. I went to school here in Miami. So I've built a lot of great relationships over time and life is about who, you know, and David Beckham was bought to me and my, my brother, I call him my brother, Keaton, my guy, right. Through a, through another friend that we played college ball with and you know, the rest is history. So I, you know, my, I, I teach and I preach to people that relationships are everything. The way you treat people, the way you greet people, whether you know them, whether you don't know them, it, it, it means everything because you never know who might throw you a David Beckham deal, might, who might open the door for you that you couldn't open yourself. And, and that's really big for me. I gotta be, I'm going to be a little bit rude, but somewhat American and interrupt you for a second. So check this out. And for all of you know, I'm Canadian. So being American is very <laughs> useful. But check this out. I got, I got to pull something back because you just hit a very important secret that I don't think a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people get. And that's this, is there's something about professional players, particularly in the NBA, that are uber classy, are very humble and super grateful. Now, it's not, it's not the case across all of them. I've met a lot of different types. But you, right. my friend, exercise such a gentle and quality of uber respect. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's, I was raised like that. My parents, like, I respect everybody. You know, respect is iron, but it, it's also, you have to, you have to make me not want to respect you. But we're all human beings. We all been through different struggles. We, we've done different things, going to different levels, but that doesn't make you better than anybody. And that's how I approach everybody. That's how I treat everybody. And it means a lot because I'm going to be treated the same. No, hundred percent. So I just want to make sure that everyone adds that down. If you're making any notes right now, you know, these are not just courageous conversations, but these are coachable moments. One of the things I got to just say is I'm always enamored about Robert and his, and his decorum. Write that down. You know, decorum is class. It's a sense of panache. There's, there's gratitude there, but at the same time, and more importantly, he truly is grateful. And that's why anytime and every time I have a chance to find something to do or get something done with Robert, I, I call him up and we, when we get to doing something and we're working on a few things, maybe we can talk about them in a few minutes. So with that being said, you, you end up getting introduced to a David Beckham. Of course, he and Victoria need a $24 million condo. That sounds about average to me, uh, according to their net worth. Um, but, but tell me, uh, what are some of the other peripheral circumstances you've got to mind and manage? Because I, do, I don't imagine it's a straight line to getting a deal. Right. I'm sure people are attacking you and, and your credibility or your profile or trying to get in the back door. Explain to us how you're able to contain that relationship and fend off the negativity and all the all the vultures. 
for me, it's simple because I don't, I don't surround myself with, with certain individuals and certain people with certain energies. Um, we keep a tight circle and, you know, this deal, we worked on this deal for nine months and, uh, you know, it, it was more so just getting the details and the numbers right on both sides and timing, of course. But for me, I, I don't, I didn't have those issues really because we kept it in house. We kept everything on the hush, everything quiet, everything in house. Everybody's on the same page uh, with the same mission and the same goal. So it didn't, it, we didn't have those issues. It just was a timing thing just to get, you know, the details right. Now, by the way, I just want to point something out because again, you're not going to see this as obvious as I do. But I mean, I don't know about you, Robert, but I didn't notice you IGing any time with David Beckham. I, I, I didn't no. notice no posts of any kind, even the property in which you were having him consider. I mean, right. it truly was a great script kept under wraps, even until it was closed. Right. And you were then forced to make it the news because it was newsworthy. Yes. So I'm sensing that in the world that we live in, where everyone wants to post everything and there's always a picture in the making and there's always an anxiousness, a race to actually get it up, get it out. Um, you've got to actually practice a bit of counterintuition, which is to say, I'm going to keep it quiet. I'm going to keep it selective. Is that true? It's very true. I mean, especially for a deal like that and somebody of that stature, you know, David Beckham, Victoria Beckham are huge. And we did have one little hiccup where uh, the paparazzi got a picture of them at the building way before the deal was closed and it caused a little bit of issues, but we, you know, we, we, we squashed that real quick and, you know, we kept it moving, but yeah, I, the end goal was more important than, uh, uh, getting some more followers on Instagram. No, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. So I want y'all to notice that sometimes when you're committed to the deal, rather than trying to be important, the deal happens. Yeah. But when you put a lot of time and effort and energy in being important, sometimes it comes at the cost of a deal. Exactly. And so I think I just really want to acknowledge you for that, where, where it's, it's very counterintuitive for a lot of people where they're like, no, 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 I'm in action. I'm doing this. I want the world to know that I'm important and I got progress being made. You ain't doing it for nobody. You got to be doing it for yourself. And that's really important. I mean, living in silence. Please, please, when in silence through. Um, what's one thing? Moving in silence will keep the haters and the, the naysayers from messing up the deal. You know, the more you put it out there, the more you give people a chance to, talk bad about you or talk bad about your client or whatever, you're, whatever it is you're trying to do. Like, so it, I just practice that where until it's about to close or we've already agreed, everything's been signed and our money is transfer, trans, uh, transfer, and transferred. And I'm not going to talk about it. No, no, of course not. And nor should you, nor should you. But, but, uh, one thing is, is for certain. And now this is consistent. I remember the last time we had a delight for dinner, uh, we were, we were chilling out in Miami and your brother was with us. And and we sat down and in a matter of minutes. You remember what we? You remember what kind of deal we came up with? I don't remember which one. So we were talking about. He says, "Hey, Rich man, what, what do you think? Two, three, four billion dollars. We'll buy a piece of the Miami Heat. What do you think?" Oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember that. I and I said, that. And, and he said it with such a straight face, right? Like you're gonna get a We didn't even order or hors d'oeuvres or anything. I mean, he just went to be like, "Hey, Rich, what do you think about four or five billion dollars for the Miami Heat?" And and yeah. so in that moment, I was like. Sure, that could happen. No tax. And um, but 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 I want to just acknowledge you for something because we really truly actually wrapped our minds around that that day. So it brings up another conversation, which is leading into what you're really up to next. Um, before I get to big three, is to always be thinking big. Exactly. You know, it, it sounds like thinking big is always a big part of who Robert is. Would that be true? And if so, how so? How where else does does playing big show up for you, Robert? 
I mean, for me, uh, why can't I do it too? If if it's been done by somebody else, why can't I do it? And, you know, having the network that I have, I'm being blessed to have the people I've been around and uh, meeting people like yourself. I mean, we have access to pretty much whatever we need to get things done. Um, it's just a matter of speaking it and putting it out there into the, in, into the universe and, you know, putting the work in to try to make it happen. And that's especially more so now than ever because of the network that I've been, things that I'm doing now, it, it's, I've had some conversations that I never would, would have dreamed of having um, in the last couple of years with a few different billionaires. And for me coming from small, you know, small town in Cincinnati to, you know, some of the conversations that I've been in and closing the deal with David Beckham is, is just fuel to the fire for me. Like we can do anything. Mm. Now, what he's talking about folks is, is, is the power of proximity that your network is your net worth. Like, I mean, do you think his deal is going to start going down in size or going up in size? Everyone point with me, point with me. Don't spill your drink. No, go up. Right. I saw you, Lauren. Randy gave you the double fingers. I don't know what that means, but it's, it's, we'll, we'll, we'll keep that friendly, Randy. Good to see you, buddy. So, so all kidding aside, but proximity is power. And, uh, I mean, I've had the delight of bringing Robert Height to my 10X headquarters, uh, Miami office. And, and I mean, I've, I've introduced Grant to people before, but I've never seen, uh, Grant get so, uh, excited when it comes to meeting Robert, because Robert embodies so much. He, he embodies both performance as an athlete, but also a real estate guy because he's in the real estate business. What was your experience like meeting Grant from your perspective? First of all, Grant's energy is, is amazing. Uh, I definitely could, that's somebody I could be around and I would love to learn more from. Uh, we got plans for you, big guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited too. I'm looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, no, nah, I just, I've been watching, I've been watching Grant, you know, prior to, to meeting him. So I, I follow him on Instagram and, you know, just been paying attention to what he's doing and kind of how he's doing it. And, and I love it. And I'm, I'm looking forward to us, you know, doing some, some amazing things together. Well, one of the dreams and ambitions that, that Grant and I share for you, by the way, so I'm, I'm kind of letting a little bit of the cat out of the bag, but I want to get to a next conversation about where you're at right now that really is intriguing, is, is really taking a stand for being able to bring some great real estate investment education to the world of sport. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I've been a huge proponent of that, as you know. My, my good friend, uh, Juwan Howard, and I launched an initiative called P5 yeah. many years ago. And I, that dude is... They don't come much more so. Y'all, y'all must be grown off the same tree. I mean, he, you guys are all the same. Beautiful people. Yeah, I saw this. He's good family. But, but I mean, understanding the role of real estate, especially in these times of concern and crisis where cash flow was king, is is something that I know we'll be championing together to bring to uh, all athletes across all leagues in sport. Is that still something that you want to do and are inspired by? Or, like I said, I've always been intrigued by real estate and now learning more about the business and how real estate really works and, and how solid it is as an investment. As athletes, we're not taught, especially young black athletes, we're not taught about investments. We're not taught about real estate. We're not taught about, I talked talked about purchasing power and buying power and all the land. Like, and so it, for me, it's, it's, a, it's something I'm passionate about because I know how many guys we can help hold on to their money, make more money, you know, do things that they, they never thought of doing for their families and leaving legacies for their kids. So for me, it's, it's huge. And I'm super excited. That's something I want to do right now. Now that that's what sets us up for the next conversation. Thanks for tuning into Courageous Conversations with Richard Dolan. We're on all the major podcast platforms and we appreciate your support by reviewing us. 
You can follow our show at The Rich World on many social media channels. We hope that listeners like yourself enjoyed this episode. And remember to subscribe via Apple Podcasts or whatever other streaming services are available. Because we cannot wait to bring you more valuable content that can make a difference in your life.